Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. When you're in the middle of a trial or storm, what is your first response? Is it to try to work everything out on your own and see what you can do to fix it? Or is it a biblical response? The Bible tells us, first of all, in all of our ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will direct our path. Secondly, we're told to have faith in God. Many of you are going through some tremendous challenges right now. It could be in your health. It could be in your family. It could be in your finances. Join us as we continue this series on faith. We are the people of God, and the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. That's an introduction to my message. Grab a hold of your Bible. Repeat after me. All scripture scripture. is God-breathed and is useful for my teaching, for my correction, for my rebuking, for my training in righteousness, so that I may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we have looked at the life of Jesus and his interaction with people, The last time we were here, we saw him respond to the sickness and the death of his friend Lazarus. Jesus was out of town and received a message from Mary and Martha that their brother was sick unto death. And we saw how Jesus responded when Lazarus died. Jesus went to the tomb where Lazarus was laid and called him by name. And told him to come forth. Lazarus then was raised from the dead. Today I want us to take another look at that story. And I want us to see and to understand some principles of the kingdom of God. That was the point of this death and resurrection. John chapter 11 verse 3 says this. So the sisters went, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. When Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, when he heard it, We are told first what he heard, and secondly, we are told what he said about what he heard. He heard some troubling news. That news was the one you love is deathly ill. Come right away. And the question is, as uh, Brother and Sister Williamson can tell you, they heard some troubling news. But I like what Brother Williamson said. He said, The Lord said, don't repeat what you heard. Obviously, he heard something else from the Lord. So the question for you today is, what have you heard that is troubling you? What have you heard? What's going on around you that's troubling you? Have you heard that there's a mass in your brain and it's growing? Have you heard that the tests have come back and they show that you have a disease that you never thought you would have? 
Have you heard that your child has declared that they're gay? Have you heard your job is going away? And you're going to have to start over and try to find a new job somewhere. Have you heard that the divorce papers are on the way? What have you heard? Have you heard that your son or daughter has been picked up by the law and they're now charged with a felony? Is that what you heard? The Bible says when Jesus heard that, what did he say after he heard what he heard? After he heard what he heard, this is what he said again. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that, the, that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed there two more days. He was not moved by what he heard. You know what he said? This sickness will not end in death. I, I missed that last week when we went through that. I, I read it, but I missed it. He said, this one will not end in death. He did not say Lazarus would not die, but he said, this sickness. You know, Lazarus is human. He, he's going to die one of these days, but he said, this is not the one. There may be another sickness, but not this one. This sickness will not end in death. Now, we know, if we were here, we know the story, Lazarus literally died. But Jesus said, that ain't going to be the end because I'm going to show up and I'm the resurrection. The thing that troubles us most is when we're right in the middle of something, we see it as the end. This is the destination. I'm at the end point. I'm, I'm at a place where it's not going to get any better. But Jesus also not only heard from the messengers that said that Lazarus was sick, he also heard from God. The reason he can say this sickness will not end in death is because he heard from God. He heard from God that Lazarus is just sleeping. He heard from God that this would be an opportunity for the father and the son to get some glory. So here's what I want to tell you. Whatever you hear, the next thing you need to do before you start talking about what you heard is to hear from God. You want to hear from God because God has not only the last word, he's got the first word. God has the only word that matters. So why would you be in trouble and in distress and about to throw in the towel when God has not said you're going down? One of our problems is that we don't spend time to hear what God is going to say about what we heard. So when you hear whatever you hear before you start saying whatever you say, take some time to hear what God is saying about what you heard. The doctor told us that we would not be able to have any children. Then I went to God and said, what say you? And he pointed me to the psalm that says, children are a blessing from the Lord, an inheritance of the Lord. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They're like arrows in the hand of a man. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. I said, that sounds like what I need right there. 
So we believed God. And we had one, and a year and a little bit over a year later, we had another one, and a year later, we had another one. I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> In verse 14, so he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. I'm glad I'm not there because I want to show you something, but let us go to him. I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Jesus knows the importance and the power of faith. He's going to teach them a lesson in faith, and I believe he still wants to teach us a lesson in faith today because the just shall live. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, We need to go to class again. Bible Institute is starting on the 18th, and it will teach you that the just shall live by faith. The just live by faith. The people of God live. We function. We operate by faith. And if we're going to operate by faith, he has to teach us faith. It doesn't take faith to do what you have the capacity to do. It takes faith to do what you cannot do. The just live on Come on, say that. The just live on faith. And Jesus said, you need, a, you need a lesson in faith if you're going to follow me because that's what it's going to take for you to get to where you need to get to. You're going to need some faith. Faith, when you boil it down to its simplest definition, is just believing. Faith is believing that whatever God says, that's what's going to happen. We who are called by the name of the Lord, we who are the people of God, will never accomplish the things that God has in store for us if we do not exercise faith to believe that God is able. Now listen, if all you're ever going to do for God is just come to church and sing a couple of songs and have a little prayer, give your offering and go home, you don't need faith for that. Every person that God has called, God has a purpose for your calling. He didn't call you to sit soaking sour. He called you to get up and be involved in the kingdom of God and to accomplish something for the kingdom. And if you're going to do that, it's going to take faith. You just can't just sit around and wait for things to go bad and say, Lord, I need you to move for me. Lord, say, why? You ain't doing nothing. But when you're going to accomplish something for God, he's always going to give you an assignment that's greater than your capacity to get it done. And you're going to have to believe God for it. Look in the scriptures. Everybody God called, they just looked at God and said, really? Moses, go go talk to Pharaoh, tell him to let my people go. Are you kidding me? Me, go talk to Pharaoh after I done killed somebody in Egypt and ran away? And who am I that's going to talk to Pharaoh? I got it, Moses. I got you. Just go do like I tell you. Gideon, mighty man. Gideon said, who are you talking to me? Gideon was hiding in a cave. The Midianites was all over the place. He was hiding. And God said, you're my mighty man. Gideon said, you can't be talking to me. He says, if you're talking to me, Lord, show me a sign. And he threw something out there on the ground. God showed him a sign. He said, okay, let's do it backwards. Everybody is challenged when God is calling us to a higher place and a a different place in our lives. 
And Jesus said, if you're going to do that, it's going to require faith because God will get the glory out of what you're going to do. Every once in a while, somebody say to me, Pastor Martin, you're doing a great job over there. You're building church. I'm saying, you know what? <laughs> if God hadn't been involved, we would have got nothing done. When I was involved, we were five people in a room. We couldn't make it grow. Only God makes it grow. Only God provides. Only God do those things. We have seen the miracle hand of God over and over in our congregation. It is God. We had to stretch and walk by faith, not by sight. We had to believe God. You're sitting here because we believe God for this place. We believe God for this property. We couldn't do this on our own. We didn't have the power or the capacity to do anything but God. Jesus is telling them, you need a lesson in faith. While he was standing at the home of the sisters who were mourning, Jesus said this in verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe I'm the resurrection and the life? Do you believe if you die, I can bring you back to life? Do you believe that if you believe in me, you never die? Jesus tells the disciples that God wanted to display his power so that they may believe. Now he's asking, Martha, do you believe I am the resurrection? Do you believe this? Now, they are already distraught. They're already concerned about what took him so long to come. And if you had been here, if you read the text, he said, now, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They, they're getting on his case. They're they, they laying it at his feet. They're trying to throw him under the bus. And he said, no, no, if you believe, do you believe on the resurrection? Do you believe this? In that verse, Jesus had just given them and us the gospel message. Whoever believe in me will not perish but shall have everlasting life. If you believe in me, you're not going to perish. Even though you die physically, you're not going to die. You're going to live forever in eternity with God. When, when we come to Christ, we exercise our faith. We believe he died for our sins, and he offers us eternal life. You got to believe that to be saved. You got to stretch your faith. It requires faith for you to even come to Christ. You got to believe that he died on a cross and that he was raised up on the third day. You got to believe that enough to say, I accept you as my Lord and Savior to come into my life. And he's saying, do you believe I'm the resurrection? I've resurrected you from your dead sin life and now I'm giving you an eternal life. You will never die again. Though you may die physically, you are not going to die spiritually. We will not perish, but we will have everlasting life. That's for the believers. That's for the believers. There's two destinations for men. One is heaven, the other is hell. And we can't buy what we've been hearing all the time. Every time somebody dies, we know he's in a better place. We don't know he's in a better place. We just know he's not here. But for those who are believers... When our time is up, we will just fall asleep. Only those who have not committed their lives to Christ and believe in him will suffer the eternal death of separation from God. You will be eternally separated from him, which is that eternal death. And then Jesus tells them, take away the stone in verse 29. But Lord, 
said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, he's emphasizing that again. Didn't I tell you if you believe, you would see the glory of God? In other words, Jesus is saying, what does a stone have to do with it? What does a bad odor have to do with it? What does him being dead four days got to do with it? Didn't I already tell you? See, the Lord is now ready to go to work and release his miraculous power on the behalf of Martha and Mary and the rest of the family and friends. And the first thing he had to do was to overcome the challenges to the faith. There's always going to be a challenge to your faith. When God speaks to you and tells you how things are going to go, you're still going to be challenged to your faith. The doctor will tell you something altogether different. He'll tell you to go to hospice. God will tell you to go home. But there's going to be a challenge to your faith. Whose report are you going to believe? There's a challenge to your faith. God told Moses, go get my people and take them to the promised land. And they were shouting and rejoicing. Remember when they were leaving Egypt and the first thing they run into is the Red Sea. And the people turn around now, why you bring us out here to kill us? We could have died in Egypt. Pharaoh's at their back, the Red Sea's at the front. They're boxed in, they can't go anywhere. And then Moses come to God and say, Lord, look at where we're at. God said, I know where you're at. Why coming thou to me? Didn't I say we go into the promised land? Yeah, but here's the Red Sea. Okay, so do something. Stretch forth your hands. Speak to the sea. Moses stretched forth his hand and you know the rest. They were walking across on dry land. God said, the Red Sea ain't got nothing to do with what I said going to happen. Your obstacle, the things that you see doesn't have anything to do with what I say is going to happen. I am the creator. I can make things move when I want it to move. I can cause things to rise up. I can cause things to fall down. I am God. Now notice Jesus did not respond to the facts. The facts were that there was a stone there. Uh, he just told somebody to move it. But the facts were that there was an odor that let them know that this body was decaying. And he had been there. But Jesus did not respond. He didn't even say anything about the odor or the fact that he'd been there for four days. Jesus knew the facts were that Lazarus was dead. But I'm going to tell you something. Faith, fight the facts. And faith negate the facts. It doesn't matter what the facts are when faith is involved. God will turn the facts around and say, no, whatever I say, that's what is real. Jesus responded, did I not tell you after they told him about the odor? Okay, I understand what you're saying, but did you hear what I said? I said that if you believed, you will see the glory of God. And that's what I want you to know right now. If you believe, you will see. If you can believe it, you can see it. Our problem is we don't believe it. We'll believe it conceptually, but we don't believe it in our heart. This is what God said. This is what I'm going to stand on. I heard God speak to me. I heard God through his word. I know what God is saying in my life and in my heart and in my situation. And so I will believe God. And I'm going to stand on that belief no matter what I see because we walk by faith and not by Sight. We walk by faith and we don't walk by sight. Jesus 
did not raise Lazarus from the dead just because he loved Lazarus and he loved the family. He raised Lazarus from the dead so that they could see and so we could see how faith works. That's why he says God is going to get some glory out of this. I need you to see this. I'm glad I wasn't there when he died because you would be trying to say, come on, Lord, come on now. He's almost out of here. Come on, say something. I want you to see. If you don't die, somebody might thought, well, he wasn't, that, he wasn't that sick. He was just kind of in a comatose state and all of that. No, we're going to be sure he's dead because you're going to be sure he's going to come back to life when I get through with it. Jesus challenged them to believe in the power of God when they were at their lowest, weakest moment and in the midst of their greatest sorrow. I don't know why God lets us get to a point sometime when we're at our weakest, lowest moment. But it's at those weakest, lowest moments sometimes that we can see the mighty hand of God moving. At those weakest and lowest moments. We will have a great testimony when we come from a great tragedy or troubling place. It is times like that when we need to believe God and stretch our faith to see the power of God working for us. Now notice something. I noticed something when I read this story about Lazarus. When Lazarus came forth, the scripture does not mention anything about what happened after they took off the grave clothes. It doesn't say, boy, they had a big feast, they had a big party. People came from around surrounding towns and came in and heard Lazarus' testimony and all of that. It just said he just took the grave clothes off. It wasn't about a big party. I believe Jesus wanted to get the message that miracles for the believers are not just super, but they're just natural. Jesus is saying, you know what? The way that things are designed for the life of the believers, we ought to have all kinds of testimony all the time. It ought not be so supernatural. It ought to be just natural if you believe because everybody got something going on all the time. We ought to just be saying, well, God just moved for me on that. God moved for me on this. God moved for me on that. Instead of just having a woe is me, a sad story all the time, all the believers lining up to see whose story is the worst. We ought to just be saying, oh, yeah, but God moved, but God moved. We're just crying, oh, Lord, pray for me, please pray for me, please pray for me. He said, let's not make a big show out of this thing about Lazarus. This is something that ought to be happening just like that. If you believe, you can see it. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? See, I believe Jesus wanted us to get the message that miracles and signs and wonders ought to be commonplace among the believers. It was Jesus Christ who asked the question, where can I find such faith in Israel? Are you one that when the Lord look at you, he can say, that's a person who has great faith. Great faith is demonstrated by exercising the faith that we have. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you again for listening to our broadcast today. We certainly hope that it's been a blessing and a benefit to you as you walk with the Lord. And if you're not walking with the Lord, here's a great opportunity to receive what Jesus Christ has already given us. And we receive it by faith, just inviting him to be the Lord of our life, to come in and take control of our life as we trust him 
for our life today and our life eternally. If you would like to hear today's message again, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message and any previous messages that have aired on this station. Let me share with you that the Light of the World Christian Fellowship is open every Sunday and having services in person. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at 16161 Old Humble Road in the North Houston Humble area. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a dynamic series right now and it will surely be a blessing to you. You can listen to our online services each Sunday morning at 10. Go to lowcf.org, lowcf.org. The Beacon Bookstore is open on our campus for all of your books, Bibles, and church supplies. Call The Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.